Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy. Let us find grace to help us in our time of need. And we love you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Just want to acknowledge our visitor today. What's your name? What is it? Michaela. And she's still here. Yay. <laughs> the dancing didn't chase you away and the whatever loudness. We just loud around here, girl. We just loud. We don't have a landlord to put us out. We just loud. So sometimes <laughs> when it's appropriate, I'll put it that way. So anyhow, we thank you. Thank the Lord for bringing you here today and thank you for being obedient to him. It's good to have you. Thank you, Lord. And we welcome the people with us on the internet today. We just want to make sure everybody uh, knows that we acknowledge them. God knows you're here, knows what you need, and he's provided for it. Amen. Nobody leaves here with their needs unmet. <clears throat> so we thank the Lord for that. So we've been talking about intercession and um, uh, talking about the fact that the call to intercession is a call in the spirit. Amen. Uh, many times um, we we respond to certain scriptures. There are certain places in the word that, you know, it's like you're driving a car. And when you when you get to a familiar place, you get comfortable. Or if it's your home, you know, you know how to pull into your driveway and your garage without almost with your eyes closed. And and generally, the call of God is like that. It's like you'll find a familiar, comfortable place in the word, and you tend to gravitate back there over and over and over again. And it's like there's something in this for me. There's something God's saying uh, to me, and it's something that I need. And um, whenever I would have, um, um, well, I started out in an intercessory prayer group. Uh, that was a home Bible study. And what really impressed me about prayer was that people would come in with all kinds of needs. And I was a new Christian at the time. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Y'all know my testimony. I was, I had, uh, um, I was housebound for five years because of anxiety. And, um, when I did start to go out and get out, uh, God began to direct me to places where I was to be fed. And one of them was in this Bible study. And the thing that I noticed about this Bible study was that people would come in one week with all this horrible stuff going on in their lives. And then within a few weeks, it was taken care of. I mean, like God really changed it quickly. And I found that out about prayer when you earnestly pray. And see, there are many times people will try to discourage you from praying or discourage you from taking on prayers. And, oh, that's hard. And, oh, you got to do this. And, you, well, do you, well, what kind of results do you get? Oh, I don't pray. I, I mean, I don't have a ministry. I mean, I, you know, they just, it's just the enemy sending you all these negative signals trying to get you discouraged before you even get involved. And so I found many times that, you know, when I would begin to do something, there would be these negative obstacles in the way. And then eventually the path would clear and I would be able to to settle down and to do what God had called me to do. And I remember one day telling God, I said, God, I don't care. I just want to work for you. I don't care what you give me to do. I just I just I'm willing to do whatever. 
So be careful about your whatever prayers, you know, or your tongues, praying in tongues, prayers where, you know, you just feel all this joy and excitement on the inside. And you're enjoying your tongues and all that. And and uh, usually you're you're really in touch with God about something and there's some kind of commitment on your part to it. And so little by little, he began to show me what he wanted us to do. And at the time I was in a church. And I presented it to the pastor, and he said, well, okay, you know, if you, you feel led to do the prayer, we can sure use prayer around here. And little did I know, within a couple of years, we'd be kicked out, the door would be locked, amen, because prayer doesn't discriminate. It just goes after the devil. You understand what I'm saying? It's wherever the devil is, the Holy Spirit will seek it out because he wants a pure bride he wants a pure atmosphere to work in he doesn't want all this confusion and nonsense uh you know the anointing you know that things get too out of hand in the flesh and the anointing will lift you know god will just go home you say you don't want me here i got other places i can be you know so uh so little by little i began to understand what we were called to do god had us develop the prayer manual it started from us just writing prayers down he would tell me all the time, he said, write down what I give you. He said, this is a consistent prayer watch I want you to do. And that hasn't changed in over 35 years. And prayers never get obsolete when they're the word. Amen. If you're not trying to pray according to what somebody saw under the, over the city or something like that, and you stay with the word, you find your, your understanding of things in the word of God, God will always honor his word. And so we began to develop all of the all of the teaching tools that we have in school of ministry started. Really, we had our Saturday meetings. The school of ministry is older than our Sunday worship service. You know, we we started Sunday worship. We got thrown out of all the places we were sharing space with people. And God found us our own building. You know, so I said, oh, okay, we got our own place now. So we started a second service from that. But the school of ministry has always been the foundation of, of what we do here and, and uh, how we do it. I know one thing, we will always pray. You are, you are called as a watchman forever. You know, even when you get to heaven, you'll have a watch. You know, you'll be that suspicious person sitting over and say, oh yeah, just, that's just them watchmen. They do that. You know, <laughs> people say that about us. You know, people say, um, yeah, I don't go to their meeting, but you go over there to uh, Barbara Williams and then Watchmen, they'll get you straight. You know, they send people here all the time, even though they don't come. You know what I'm saying? And so this is this is what what it amounts to. You know, God will shine a light on what you do, and I thank God that that we don't get a lot of nonsense here. We get sincere people. We can stay with the work and be serious about the work and get some things done. And so. Uh, the call to that ministry is a call in the spirit. Uh, you've got to have that peace within you that this is what God wants you to do. Now, he wants everybody to pray. Don't say uh, he didn't call me to pray. You know, that's really kind of silly. You know, uh, disciples, that's a ministry for all disciples. If you're somebody who's learning in God, prayer is part of what you do. I don't know how you get anything in your life to happen good if you don't pray. But many people try to get away with it. You know, they they want 
uh, other people to pray for them. They'll call prayer ministries, prayer hotlines, prayer, uh, you know, whatever, uh, in, and see if they can ride on somebody else's faith for as long as they can. But at some point, God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you personally. And, and I've always wanted to just be pleasing to God and have that thing that, that I knew I have confidence in God. And I think more confidence comes to those who pray than those who don't. Uh, you know, people who are not really close to God and not intimate with Him and able to talk with Him, share things, open up to Him, uh, that, that, uh, relationship, a distant relationship with God is not as going to be as productive or fruitful as a close relationship or more intimate relationship. And that's what you want because God is training us to be his bride. Amen. He's called us out. He set us apart and sanctified us. And he's grooming us now to be one with him, truly one with him. And so this is part of our, our journey um, in this walk of faith and in this walk of Christianity is to be be conformed more and more to his image all the time, more and more like him, which means that you take God with you in your mind. You think thoughts of God. You you meditate with him. You talk to him and ask him things and ask him to show you things, clarify things, put people in your life who can build you up and, and show you the right way, amen, and train you and groom you and, and enlighten you. And that's really what what this walk of faith is all about it's doing the will of god doing what god has called you to do and doing it unto him amen is unto him so uh, we were uh, speaking about being sent by god the call for the intercessor goes out we we saw that in i think it was isaiah let's see if i had to turn this over me and my notes is yeah, Isaiah 17, where where uh, Isaiah is is being called to the ministry. He's a prophet. That's what you're going to find. That's the office you're going to find all the time in the Old Testament is the prophet's office. And oftentimes the prophets were pastors to a degree because they had schools of ministry. Um, Samuel was the first, I guess you'd call him dean of the school of the prophets. He developed a school for prophets where he would, at God's instruction, he would ordain and anoint others to serve in that office, and he taught them all. They lived in what we would call a commune or a camp or as a tribe of people. It was communal living where they were comfortable being around each other all the time, uh, you know, uh, people, older generation Pentecostal people will say the anointing is more caught than taught, you know, and association is what transfers power. Uh, you have to associate in the way God tells you to associate with people in order for the power to be transferred to you. That's how the anointing operates. It operates for, from transferring. Uh, from one individual to another, one person to another. A lot of people think they get everything. I get all mine from God. No, you don't. If you get curious and you ask God a question and he sits you under somebody and they get the answer, you just got that through another vessel. God's not going to let that report go out about anybody that they're above his system. His system is 
the fivefold being the he's the head of the church fivefold are really his shoulders and they feed the rest of the body the rest of the body just receives from the, the anointing goes from the head down the shoulders down the robes of Aaron down to the feet even if you're a foot if you're a toenail in the body of Christ you you have an anointing you understand if you stay connected to the head in the correct way and so um the the school of the prophets was like that and there are many things that prophets did to train their people it, this wasn't like a school like you pay tuition and get a certificate grow up look at look at our our higher education system you know they indoctrinate people they've long since quit teaching people and and you can do research and and make an impact on society and all that kind of stuff those are indoctrination camps been that way for a very long time all the whole school system is that way anytime you make it mandatory for somebody to come somewhere and if the parents don't send them you put them in jail then you've got total control over those people and it's just a matter of time until that shows up in a negative way that's why people have had remember the old pta and the the pta president none of the parents liked her right cuz they were jealous because she was making things happen she was holding people to account so that your children wouldn't be led astray and taught the wrong things and they would go up and invite parents to go up and sit in on the school on the teaching and inspect and, and observe what was being taught you see what i'm saying so that was a balance that that parents demanded to have input that's how that got started and so nowadays who's demanding input nobody you know you just dump your kids off yeah i gotta go to work i, I can't go up there you know all that kind of stuff you know, still the same way and, and so it's it i'm just saying that to say that when people have total control then they can do whatever they want to do and the school system is just an example of that and so god had a, a way to to train people under the anointing without indoctrination you know you don't get forced to believe certain things prophets would teach teach the word they read the scrolls they read the uh the parchments they read everything that was handed down that was was god's the property of god's people and and you got filled up on the word you understood the word and you were trained in an actual uh life setting for instance if a prophet was being um you know trusted with the word of the lord the word of the lord would come to them uh just like isaiah the the uh, uh lord visited him and told him to look at something he gave him a vision and he said what what do you see and he said and he told him he said you're well seen and this is how prophets are trained what did you hear what did god show you what did you see you have well seen amen and and they would test them so to speak in real situations prophets were often told to take a message this is what god's telling me you go tell king so and so such and such such and such and go quickly don't stop don't stay hello to anybody don't speak to anybody don't do this don't do that and if he passed the test he made it back 
Now, there was one guy that stopped and did something, and a, a lion ate him up before he got back. See, you don't want to flunk out of profit school. You understand what I'm saying? You didn't want to, if you weren't serious about this, you know, say, hey, you sure God's calling me? Okay, I'll give it my best shot. You know what I'm saying? But, but you didn't get to flunk a lot of stuff. You can get many do-overs. Amen. This dispensation of grace, we should be more apt to be accurate because we can be corrected and live. See what I'm saying? You get, you get another chance. And so, but, but the accuracy of the prophet's words was always being tested. Always. Amen. Can you take a straight message just the way God told it to you without thinking it over and adding your little bit or taking something away? That's why that warning in the book of uh, Revelation is still there. Do not add to or take away any of the words of this book. Not only that book of Revelation, but the Bible, period. We, we are not allowed to add and take away from it. And so, so it's, it's always been that way with God's word. He meant for it to be told just the way he told it and the, the message delivered to the person that he said to deliver it to. And so these things are, are things that we inherit. Uh, from that that early school is respect for the word as God speaks it and respect for the word as God speaks it to your heart or or as it's written Um, the high respect for the word must be held if you as a prophet as a watchman or an intercessor or are going to be successful with what God gives you and and we want to be accountable because God does hold you to account uh, for the um, the uh, words that he gives us um, in Habakkuk 2, and that's where our our um, ministry uh, focus is. That's, this is the scripture God gave me when we began. It says in 2 verse 1, I'll stand upon my watch, which means that you don't get a day off. This is something you just do. You just It becomes a part of you. Amen. And set me upon a tower. And I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I will answer when I'm reproved. So you've got to do work and then you got to give an account of what you do. Amen. And that's something you can't ever forget as a believer, a minister, watchman, anything. You know, you're, we're accountable to God for everything that we do, but especially so if he gives you a watch to help his plan succeed in the earth god is not playing he wants people who are going to be there who are going to be consistent who are going to be on time who are going to get things done all of that accounts toward what god gives us to do and i'm so thankful people see it that way you know you just don't drag in when you feel like dragging in and in the middle of things you know the day for wanting attention in God's house is just over. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Nobody left here but us, us people that are serious about God or we had nothing better to do. You know, whatever. I mean, whatever comes to you, uh, you know, this is, this is what God wants. He wants a mature bride. You know, you can't marry somebody who's underage. You gotta marry somebody mature. You got me? Amen. It's true. It's true. It's true. So it's time for everybody to grow up. Amen. So 
The other thing is that oftentimes intercessors will extend God's mercy. When God asks you to pray, it's because he wants to help people. And mercy is our greatest asset and our biggest friend. Amen. Is understand that God's heart can be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. And he is willing to forgive and to help us to get get back on track. And this is something true intercessors live out of this vein in God, the mercy vein. You don't see true intercessors ready to judge people, cut them off. And God's judging America. Oh, if he don't destroy us by tomorrow, where you going to? You think you're privy to something that we ain't? You, you going to get spared with, you know, the, you know, the Bible says when, when God is, 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 um, I forget how it's worded. But when God is is meeting out judgment, you're not to rejoice and laugh at it because he'll stop. Them same people, you, I've been waiting for you to pay him back. And he'll stop paying them back just because you happy. His kids are not supposed, we're not to rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in truth, mercy, justice, things like that. So, you know, we kind of have to get spiritual here. Take that carnality stuff and let God kill it. Because it has no place in the throne room. It has no place in the realm of intercession. We're to always petition God. How do you think people get, get healed when, when they need it and, and they haven't been obedient to God? You know, all this stuff, if, if somebody is willing to ask God, you need to pray and not judge and try to figure out if they deserve it or not. Because God will mess your head up real bad with that kind of stuff. Because he is ever merciful. His mercy endures forever, folks. So mercy will be around when everybody else is gone. When judgment is gone home, mercy will be there. You got me? So we are extensions of God's mercy. And God has to use man to get work done on the earth. That is part of his covenant. He gave us dominion and he never rescinded it. We've always had it. Even when we didn't have, you know, the born again experience, we the earth belongs to man. God just had to get it back from the devil so that that we could enjoy it again. But but the church, we are the heirs with Christ and he is the heir of the whole. He's Lord of everything. He's heir of everything. And so God, through Jesus Christ, got the earth back for man to be able to live righteously. And live peacefully and live without the devil harassing him all the time. And part of that work, that part of how that work gets done is through intercession. And so God wants us to, to, uh, continue to allow him to use us in ways where we, we can get the job done, uh, in ways where we understand our authority where we understand responsibility. Authority is not balanced unless responsibility is included in it. Authority includes responsibility. Everybody who's got a dad or a husband or a male figure knows that they're adamant about some things. You know, they're rock solid in the way they look at certain things. And mostly they have to do with authority because they feel responsible for everybody. I wish I could get that across to women 
more because we tend to buck at authority because we don't understand the responsibility aspect of it. I remember my my husband had been laid off from a job and and I had some Christian friends that kind of lived not far from us down the street. We would go there sometimes and and I mentioned to uh, the wife and the husband were there and I mentioned to them, I said, well, I'm still praying for, for, you know, for my husband to get a job. And, you know, I, he, he recognized the anxiety in my voice and he, he kind of looked down and didn't say a whole lot. He was quiet. He said, well, you know, we guys know what we have to do and we'll get it done. Do you understand me? So that settled me. Wasn't no chapter and verse that I knew nothing about. You understand what I'm saying? Except that headship. See, he just defined what it means for the husband to be the head of the wife. Amen. You learn so you learn how to shut up and listen to people. You'll learn a few things. And so that's what he meant. In other words, it's not your problem to fret about. Now you can pray and you can ask God and do all of that, but the brother going to get the job done, lady. You know, don't be worried about that. He knows what God told him to do. And, you know, that's why they go ballistic every time you spend something. You think you think money just growing on trees and that brother's up on the side. I said, how'd you get up there? All I did was go out and, you know, because they know the bill is coming. They know the bill is coming for everything we do. I don't know how y'all live, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, if you live a normal married life, or you know, that to me that's normal. Marriage is normal. All this stuff. I don't need nobody. You will. You may not now, or think you don't. You need somebody's prayers. You need somebody's kindness. You need somebody to check on you. Or people wouldn't do it in response to God's prompting. You think people just talking to you because they like you? God's moving people to. Sh- Are you kidding me? Well, you belong to God. He's gonna. You know, you have one of them days, and somebody will text you something, picks you up, if you let it. You know, if you want to stay mean, stay mean. But I'm always thankful. I tell people, I said, thank you for thinking about me. You know, I learned my lesson very early. He don't have to send nobody say nothing kind to you. And I'm grateful for all of it because trust me, you work for God, you'll get enough of devils barking at you and try to take you down. Amen. You'll get enough of that. You you want some kindness. So praise God. So anyway, um, so uh, we were talking, what was I talking about? Uh, the call of God being a call in the spirit. He has to talk to your spirit man to to get you to know what he wants you to do. It's not, my pastor asked me to do so and so. Pray about it. Ask God to give you a confirmation or a witness. Unless you walked into a, a meeting and you know it's a prayer meeting, he called you there. Because you're called to do that. Amen. He don't call non-prayer people to prayer meetings. He doesn't misplace people. You got me? Then when he calls you, stay. And and you're going to have to fight the devil and all hell to stay where God called you. 
Because many days you go, I don't even know what I'm doing there. We don't do nothing. We just do the same stuff. Well, let me ask you that. If 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 the patrolman who patrols your neighborhood ever felt that way about his job, what do you think would happen to the residents of that neighborhood? All I do is drive around this car. I'm going to go someplace else. Got me? You don't go no place else. You do what you're assigned to do. I know it doesn't sound as much fun and exotic as all this other stuff, you know, but running through the camp telling all the people to get ready. You know, all the songs we used to sing. After you run through the camp and tell the people to get ready, they got to pray. They still got to hear from God and do the work. Amen. And so this is doing the work. And you can you can make it fun. You can make it not fun or you could not care how you feel about it. I found it's easier to to get feelings out, emotion out and just, uh, you know, settle for peace. What's wrong with feeling peace about doing your job and feeling peace about the fact that God uses you and feeling peace about the fact that you can expect him to answer prayer without fail. How about that? Amen. There's other things to feel except happy and not happy. You know, like them little wind up toys you get that keep, they beat the drums and then they, well, that ain't me. You understand? I want the peace of God all the time. I want the joy of the Lord to carry me through on a, a tough day. Amen. So, and this is what you get when you when you understand things of God. So, we're going to talk about authority because that is a major part of authority, where it r- refers to responsibility. If God says in Habakkuk two one, I am going to hold you accountable when you are reproved. That means when you're called to give an account of what you did with your assignment, you must have authority over all, over the enemy in order for that to work for you. If you look at the history of the nation of Israel, if you look at Israel now, they never doubt that they're going to win everything that they, you know, I don't care who's prime minister over there. And and over and over and over again, God comes through for them. Even, and you know, Christians, we kind of got to look in awe at the nation of Israel sometimes. Not, you know, not try to figure out, no, no, I'm guilty of having done this. I used to say, well, God, come on now. You, You said if we believe in Jesus and accept him as Savior and confess him as Savior, we are saved. We're born again, and we have a covenant with you. We have a right to pray and expect you. How's Israel getting anything done? Because they reject Christ. And many of them, you know, I've tried to witness to people over the years, and they'll say, ah, Jesus, he's just a fairy tale. And I say, huh, you get away with saying that? Because they're in darkness and blindness. Amen, where that's concerned. And so recently I was watching Brother Summerall teaching. And he said, he said, the the uh, covenant of circumcision is amazing. He said, that's how the Jew is able to have relationship with God even now. It, the Bible says, as long as you keep the circumcision, these promises belong to you. I'm thinking, come on, God. <laughs> Don't mess my head up like that. But it's true. That explains how those people are still here. 
it explains how every time somebody's about to annihilate Israel and everybody in it, and they come up with some weapon. Now they got this dome that covers everything up, and they don't get by. I mean, just an innovation, innovation and invention like you would not believe. Like how they can grow the kind of crops they do in the desert land that they have. They've they've put irrigation to shame. I mean, you know, seriously, there are many many uh, institutes that are located in Israel that are think tanks for ta- tanks for technology because it's being cranked out at such a rapid rate. You understand what favor God's still on them. The mark of deity is still on. They're keep that right of circumcision. Boom. That's God. So God, it just, but you know what? It should make us feel even better about our covenant that he doesn't go back on his word. His word is still good after all these generations and, and all of these, you know, it's, it's just amazing how faithful God is and how true he, how holy he is. Once he speaks something, he means to do it. I don't care what word you're standing on today. God's going to do that. You keep believing it. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. And don't let him entice you to quit believing. Amen. And and allow God to work in your life. So so um, the intercessor then is called to account for what we do. And in order to do what we do, we must have authority. We've got to have the same assurance that Joshua and the nation of Israel had. This assurance was given to them from the beginning when Abraham had it. I'll fight those who fight you. I'll bless those who bless you. No foe will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Amen. You got to believe that going into any war, into any prayer, into any, um, uh, entanglement with the enemy. You got to believe that you are invincible because God says you are. The devil can't do anything to you. Do you understand me? You don't have to be afraid of the devil and talk about him all the time. And, and we all started like that. You know, I was guilty because it was new to me. But as I read the word and as I obeyed the word and I saw what God would do, I agree with God's word. No demon can stand before you all the days of your life. You understand? They got to fall because he said so. And so if that was true for the nation of Israel, it's even more true for us. Amen. And this is why we engage the enemy when we see him assaulting humanity, stealing, killing, destroying sickness. We attack him because he's not allowed to destroy life. Abortion. We attack it because he's not allowed to destroy life. And you got to stand against it. You got to know who you are. You can't compromise. You know, some of the stuff you see pastors saying about abortion, you just, you just go sit down. You ain't working for, you ain't working for my boss. Not saying anything like that. It's murder anyway. Why are you, what are you going to do? Murder somebody because it's inconvenient? You know, you ask people who have kids and they say, well, you know, really, it's never a good time to have children. You might as well just go and have them. <laughs> you know, get it over with, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, everybody does it. So, you know, everybody's married. But, 
you know what I'm saying. It's, it, <laughs> so you're not married. You don't want kids? Quit doing what you're doing. Amen? That's an easy solution. Very easy. And wait till you get married. That's usually the thing that people do. Christians for sure. You know? So, so this is, this is how it works, folks. You know, you, you, you have to work with what God gives you. But we always respect life. The devil is the one that's in charge of death. He's the one to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, once you understand your assignment, you understand what God has, has called you to do, you take up your authority. And, and the way you do that is you must renew your mind. You got to get all your fear of sickness out of you, your fear of poverty out of you, your fear of the devil out of you, all of that. You gotta, you've got to renew your mind to the fact that you have immunity to sickness. You have immunity to poverty. Money, don't be allergic to me. Come, I, I ain't scratching. When I see money, I'm cool. I'm good, boo. Just send me some more of it. You, you understand what I'm saying? Just, you can't be allergic to any of the blessings of God. Can't say they're not for you. I know people scared of paying rent. And when you say God will give you property, they want to pass out on the floor. I said, well, after you wake up, he still wants to give you property. The gravy. Why? They don't want responsibility. Responsibility is the one thing people resent. If they could have all the goodies God has without paying the price for owning it, they'd be very, very happy. It's called being a thief. It's what the devil is. So God has to get the thief out of his kids. You got me? I'd love to have blessings on my doorstep. Don't have to pray. Don't have to do. Well, I won't even say that anymore. I used to years ago when I was young, I feel like eh, if I could get it and didn't have to do all this. No, I'm willing to do what God tells me to do because I trust him. See, once you begin to trust God, you'll know he's not putting you through paces for nothing. You know, you'll be like Peter. Jesus said, if you don't let me wash my feet, you don't have nothing to do with me. He said, well, don't do my feet either. Give me a bath. (laughs) From head to toe. Because I'm dirty all over. Amen. But Peter was honest. You can say all you want to do. But he was honest. When it called for it, he was the first one to, to, to bow down and repent. So, so God wants us to be totally aware of our authority at all times people say oh yeah that's just arrogant that's because you don't know who you are try to tell me who i am you know people just if you sound like you're confident in god now nobody is an idiot you think you're gonna gonna fight the devil barehanded by yourself it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about using God's word and, and uh, being confident in his armor. Amen. Being confident that, that he'll take care of you and that there's no harm coming to you. You know, you fought the devil all day long and, and now he's going to come and get you and do this and do that. Uh, you know, the, you, those people don't know what they're talking about. 
you'll see them say stuff like, well, you know, the devil has been doing this. That's because I got a call on my life. He kills babies in the womb before, you know, I mean, you don't know if they're called or not. He kills everybody. That's what he does. So he's not single. Don't ever pat yourself on the back because you're being attacked. He'll give you more. He said, you like that? I got something for you. And God doesn't need the devil to confirm his word to you. You don't ever look for a, a attack from the enemy confirm you doing what God wants you to do. He confirms it with signs, not demons following, signs following. Let's get this straight now. You know, there's all kinds of superstition. I tell people, I said, well, listen, you need to take authority over that superstition that's in your thought life. I ain't superstitious as yes, you are. Divination too. You're trying to predict the future from the past. here i don't care the more you whine the more you get delivered you start living like that the devil will have you so boxed in a corner and scared to do anything last time i did so and so i got so and so when was the last time you prayed in faith and got healed you need to be keeping up with that testimony. You know, negative stuff is going to happen. you got to learn how to deal. You either ignore it. You say, God, how do I stop this? This is not according to your word. This needs to stop. Tell me how. So, anywho. Our authority comes from God. Jesus said when he was raised from the dead, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me and I give it to you. So don't call him when the devil's messing with you. He said, you talk to him and use my name. And that brings me on the scene. But if you're scared to talk to the devil, we got to take you back to Intercessor 101. You understand what I'm saying? Where you get yourself built up in the word of God. That word will give you confidence. It will give you strength. In fact, you'll find yourself saying things to the enemy that you never thought you would say before when you get full of the word. It automatically comes out. You got me? And so when we when we pray our prayers and we take authority, we do it as a corporate entity, which means that we this group of people right here becomes the army of the Lord. Amen. And there's enough here. One can chase two. Can, it's exponential. Amen. Ten thousand then a hundred thousand. So there's enough of us here to do 50,000 legions. You got me. And so there's nothing to fear. The Lord fights for you. Amen. 
we got two-thirds of the angels of heaven on our side. The, the devil only has one-third, but he keeps them busy. You understand? They got to stay busy because they know their time is is. You don't want to work for the devil. You ask any crackhead. You got me? That'll show anybody what his payday is. This and he'll destroy and kill people and take more more with him if he can. Amen. And so this is this is why we do what we do and use our authority and not waver. There is no new devil coming up that's bigger than Jesus. That's who you work for. Don't stay in fear about these things, but don't try and bluff your way out of stuff either. You understand what I'm saying? Talking that yang to the devil and he sees right through it. Amen. You speak the word. We'll have no conversation with him except what the word of God says. And so God then has given us, he said, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. It says, and I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you allow on earth is allowed in heaven. Whatever you don't allow on earth is not allowed in heaven. Amen. You see people, goofy people at your kid's school with the after hour stuff. You know, it used to be teachers couldn't beat the students getting out of school when the bell rang. Now they all want to hang around that. What's that about? Like hanging around afterwards. Huh? All these after school clubs, satanic schools, clubs are on the rise again. Amen. Hey, you pray for a season and get it all beat down and then pretty soon they pop up again. So you got to keep your foot on the devil's neck. You can't let up on your prayer. You can't say, well, took care of that. You never. Till the Lord comes back. Keep them, keep them bound. Don't turn your back on them. Make sure they stay under your authority. Amen. So, so our job here is to um, make known to the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. And that's in Ephesians 3.10. We had developed our prayer manual for some years before I realized that this scripture was really our mandate, our New Testament mandate. You know, when you 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 have a ministry and God calls you and gives you Old Testament scripture, people, hey, you you we in the New Testament now. I'm still called. You got me. You can call me from old, new, whatever. You don't say that about them scriptures you like in the Old Testament. Amen. <laughs> so so you you have to respect but i was thankful that there was one here that you could see where god expects us to use authority on his behalf and how to use it and he says in verse 10 to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by whom church that's our job it's your job to tell the devil what god's word says 
That's the manifold wisdom of God, the word of God. And, and the manifold wisdom means the wisdom for a particular situation in a particular season. So you have to be in the spirit with God to know what to tell this demon and how to eradicate him and how to develop a watch over him. There are some things you just begin to understand how they maneuver and how they operate that that you need to form a strategy for how to combat them and, and prayers to pray to defeat them. We When we pray, there's a strategy that God gave us years ago for the satanic uh, activities around Halloween. And Halloween's their biggest holiday. You know, as you know, people say, oh, here's a satanic calendar. Well, they doing something every day. We know that. But we have to stay with what we're assigned to do. And so generally, you know, in late August, early September, praying on Halloween is not going to get it. You know, to me, that's a little late because you got all that interference against you. You know, you got the devil's activities and you're trying to get God. Why not get the jump on him? Start early. Get him bound up so he's not so active. Amen. Uh, the Lord moved my late husband and myself to Detroit right after we started the ministry here. Maybe we were five years old here or something and, and wound up moving there, and I was determined I wouldn't go stay. And when I got there, I said, well, God, I'm bored. What do I, I'm used to doing this and doing that. He said, I didn't call you to just sit here. He said, you start praying for people to show up. So I did. And, and pretty soon they started to come, and, and they would – you know, I started to get to know the city and get to know what was going on there. And, and I was appalled. And people say, it's devil's night. I said, who gave him a night? You understand? That was the first thing that jumped out. Who gave him a night? And people just look at, well, we just, you know, that's what they call it. We always called it. They would have at least a 100 fires, a 100 houses burned down on Halloween in the eve before, and it got so bad, they were starting two days early. I said, no, nah, we're not putting up with this. No, nah, we're canceling this. And we began to, in prayer, we didn't talk to no city officials. No, you're talking to the wrong people. you got to declare in the spirit. Amen. You know, you you read the Old Testament, and you hear you hear Israel saying stuff like, well, well, heaven and earth records this day what we're saying. And then Joshua said, let's pile these stones up and, and make an altar and declare over these rocks what this altar means. And, and they will tell people and the, the rocks will tell them in years to come what this stuff is for. Or I said, well, okay, God. We got more witnesses here than we know. So heaven and earth records what you say. All you got to do is declare it. Well, everybody in here stayed healthy from COVID because we make a simple decree every time we, I don't have Rona, she don't have me. I can't get Rona, she can't get me. See, this is what that drives religious people. To, what do you mean you can't get sick? I can't get sick. Now you can have, in fact, you could take my share. You love it so much, you have it. 
then don't come go don't get try to break my hedge. <laughs> I got enough stuff to be concerned about without that. Well, it gives you the right, the word of God. Whatever I allow is allowed. Whatever I disallow is disallowed. I don't allow her. I tell people that, so, yeah, the, you know, our, our ministry is kept healthy just by doing that. People look at you all funny. Keep looking. That's good. I'm glad I got your attention for that. Instead of something stupid. I don't worry about it. I don't worry. People say, hey, you sound arrogant. That's because you don't listen by the spirit. You're in the flesh. If you was over here where I sat, it'd be music to your ears. You're going to follow somebody into war and they're scared. You understand? Well, they don't know if the God going to heal you or not. He's not going to do anything. He's done it already. Well, how can you say that? Because it's in the Bible. By his stripes you are healed, were healed, was healed. You either believe it or you don't. See, I'd rather believe it's done already and the devil's trying to get me to accept it than to believe I have it. And now i got to figure out how God to, to get God to take it off of me twice. He don't do nothing twice. Just once, one time and for all. Calvary is a finished work. It's done. Jesus said it's finished. Everything that bugs you is finished. It's done for. The devil is done for. So so in Ephesians 3.10, we're to make known. That means you must talk to the devil and tell him what you need him to know about God. He knows enough. Of, you don't have no conversation with yourself about the devil. devil. You have no authority, no power without God. You need to tell him about your boss. Amen. And to know the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose. Which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it's in Christ we have boldness and access with confidence. Which sounds like arrogance to carnal people. But when you're, you better be confident you go to the devil and tell him to take a hike. Please, Mr. Devil, you feel like it today? No, you don't feel like it today. Not with you talking like that. Amen. And so, really, we have access to Christ. He is our confidence. He wants us to be confident against the devil. And confident that he will come for us and he will help us. So our prayer manual is is full of declarations and petitions and prayers that make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. And the manifold wisdom is simply that he has dethroned you. You have no authority and you have no power over this that we're speaking to you about right now. Amen. And so when I first got together, the, the group of watchmen that, that God had us put together up there, 
that was one of our first prayers. We declared a devil's night, angel's night. And they changed it like three years later. The city changed it. And they started calling it angel's night. Did I go to anybody and tell them anything? Huh? They put you in jail. We sound crazy to carnal people. We sound crazy to half of the church. And they supposed to be on our side. You understand? So unless God opens that door. Now, he has had opened the door for me to speak to people, but not many and not often. And I'm not anxious to go talk to anybody in politics, authority, power, anything, unless he opens the door for that, you know. And so we began to declare that, nope, nope, devil, you let this night go. This is not your night no more. You just leave these people alone. This is angel's night. And people began to set up watches where they would patrol the neighborhoods. And if they saw anything suspicious, they would call the police cooperated. The police were thankful. The fire department, first responders were grateful. And to this day, and that's been over 20 years ago, more than that, 25 years ago, it's it's Angels Night. Amen? And they don't have fires. They used to have the, the whole city of Detroit was, the devil's going to burn that whole thing up, trust me, because he don't stop. If he can get away with things like that, he just won't quit. And so once you you make your mind up to do something, you stick with it. To this day, we when we pray, we declare it angels night. We're not stopping. You know what, what happens when you stop and you turn your back on the enemy? He mounts a counterattack against you. He'll start bombing stuff next if he can. Killing people wholesale, you know, it it was the murder capital when, when we first moved up there. I remember that. And we told the devil, the spirit of murder, you can't kill people. Destruction, you can't have them. Let them go. In the name of Jesus, you ain't killing nobody. And we declared peace everywhere. You know, just began to do, you just begin to make known. That's what I mean by making known the principalities and powers of manifold wisdom of God. Tell them what God's word says. And tell them, you better stop. You know, who, oh, please, he ain't scared of you. Just stop the drama. He created drama. You want to see drama, the devil will give you some. Amen. So we don't go off like that. You just stay with the prayer, stay with the prayer. You know, when we first started, everybody wanted to tell me how to pray that came to the meetings. So you got to use your authority and say, nope, we're going to stick with this and watch people leave. You know, you think you got a, a church full of people to pray, and then finally it's like three, four. God said, well, that's the ones that I really sent that want to pray. Say so the rest of them want to take it away from you. I didn't send for help. With the assignment, I knew the assignment. You gotta learn to only respond to what you send for. You know, <laughs> God told me we should pray for Israel for an hour. Not here, He didn't. We don't, we don't have an hour for that. Now, we might have an hour, but we gotta. We already got our assignment. 
well, you got to pray for yada, 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 yada. We will. Just go sit down and we're going to pray for everything that's on God's heart because he already gave us these prayers to pray. So that's what I'm responsible for. Well, you don't let people do. No, we don't. Arrest me. Here I am. Or I'm not even resistant. Put me in jail for it. Uh-huh. It's like, where were you when I was praying in my bedroom by myself? And stick around for the offering because we might need some more money if you're really going to help us. I've been praying for givers. Is that you? I didn't think so. Got me? You know, it was real funny one time. It's, we were in Canada, and the Lord showed me that was the seat of authority for all the problems in Detroit. Now, people didn't want to believe that. Well, Canada, that's so quiet over there. That's what witches do. They like it quiet, make it look like they. But there's there's still a coven of, um, who are those, spiritist people? A lot of them over there. And uh trying to think what I can tell you. But anyway, um, one of the churches, one of the, one of the gentlemen that let us have the meeting at his business building uh, belonged to a church. So uh, he, there were some ladies he brought. These are the intercessors from the church. And I said, hmm, okay. Why <laughs> come they ain't over at your church praying? Yeah, I didn't send for them. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I was pleasant. I was, I'm nice to everybody. You know, I don't get mean and rough with people, but I will go in the bathroom and bind your devil while I'm in there. You understand what I'm saying? I got you bound already from before I left the house. But, but, but when you are are confronting the enemy, you got to be confident. Amen. And she came in, told me who she was, and um, oh, Pastor Kathy from whatever, whatever. I said, oh, so good. You're their pastor. I'm so glad to have you here. You understand? And I was kind of, but you know, I'm kind of, you know, come on now. This ain't no coincidence. And so. God had me teach on Jezebel and Ahab. And I was talking about how Ahab always let Jezebel go in front to do his dirty work for him. And that she was the one that would try and get things under control so he would have an easy life. And I pretty much described their marriage to a T. And I could see her, she got a handkerchief and was sitting there and dabbing some perspiration. And and then before it was over, she said, I gotta go. I said, thanks for coming. You know, and so Miss Clydell, you know, she was my little, my little buddy at that time, you know, she was the one that was assisting me to everything, you know, armor bearer, ride or die. <laughs> she about, she about died that day. She came up to me and her eyes were like stretched. I said, you didn't think I'd be that bold, do you? And she said, I didn't. Did you see her? I was like, yeah, I saw that devil leave out of here. I said, that's what I was aiming for. I said, she could stay, but her devil got to go. And if she don't want to part with her devil, 
They both got to leave. After that, I never had. And that was the strong man over that area. They always send the strong. Trust me, if you're anointed to make a change, they don't send little imps after you. That's where the strong man will expose himself to see if he can run you out of there. It's just coming to, to some of my people are coming here, and I just want I say, you're very welcome, Pastor. I appreciate it. I said, I wouldn't expect any any less than a former responsible pastor to chief, check up on what their people are being taught. Whatever. But you got to do what God tells you to do, folks. That would have been wonderful if I said, gee, I, I don't want to offend this lady because I think we're talking about her. You just keep it rolling. You just let it roll. Let it let it fall where it falls. Now, churches don't do that anymore. They don't preach to people's sin and preach to their trouble. You know, it's more like user friendly. And it's sad because many of those people are sincere and they want God. You know, we're praying for churches to increase. And all of that, and you get them in there, and they start giving them this this warm warmed over milk, and pablum. You know, when babies start smelling what you eat, they want your food. They don't want that warmed over stuff anymore. They want some meat, you know. So you got to give what what they're ready for. And many times we underestimate people. Because I underestimated people in this group. I didn't think, I said, well, God, should I give them all this to pray? And we did, and we took care of everything. God knows what he's doing. Amen? We never had a new beginner's class. You you were given a loaded gun of prayers and taught to pray. We don't know nothing about new new beginners. I don't know what that is. I mean, I might want to one day, but... I haven't all these years, you know, I just stick with the plan here. And so what what we we do is we equip saints to do the work of the ministry. We'll equip your three year old. You you just bring them in here and let them sit. Their kids kids will be able to do things. They'll be smarter than you, way ahead of a parent, and understand and have confidence in God. You know, at the age of six, seven, eight, ten, or be teenagers and still carry that confidence in God. They, they don't need to be worked over and massaged a million times. And, you know, give me a back rub because I've been sitting here too long. They just don't need that. You understand? You know, they're, they're a little tough, but you got to be that way. You see what's out in the world? Your president's son takes crack in the White House. I know a lot of y'all don't like me mentioning stuff. <laughs> it's political. You know, do you you ever seen a servant of God that didn't talk to a king or know anything about politics? See, y'all listen to the government people too much. They they don't want us in politics because we got power. We got more power than they do. So we're going to pray. Our sweet little prayers <laughs> for sweet people. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Our our sister Deborah, Prophetess Deborah Waldron Fry. A lot of y'all are her Facebook friends. Yeah. Her her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, prophetess will pray. I did pray for her last night because I saw that on, but thank you for reminding us. Uh, her daughter, Carrie, now Carrie's healed. The enemy, you know, <clears throat> enemy attacks her with these symptoms. I think she's fighting it and she's getting her victories here and there, but she needs, uh, and it's right to submit yourself to the body of Christ when these things happen because she's our responsibility. Amen. To pray for and hold her up before the Lord because, uh, you know, she's God's daughter. So we want her well. So we're definitely going to pray for Carrie. Uh, we're going to pray also for, we'll pray the witchcraft prayer just because that is so, that fuels a lot of the problems that we see in this day and age. And uh, we'll see where else God takes us. Father, we thank you for blessing us, helping us, coming to our aid and our rescue. Thank you, Lord, for divine authority. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us authority over all the enemy's works. And how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? We don't want to neglect our authority and responsibility to, to put the devil to flight when we see him working. And so we thank you, Father. We bless you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for uh, uh, for um, Carrie, our sister. And we, we thank you, Lord. You know exactly what to do to get her blood pressure normal. And we call it normal in Jesus' name. I curse symptoms at the root in the name of Jesus. I curse every symptom of low blood pressure. Everything in her heart that would cause her blood pressure to go uh, low. Everything in her blood vessels that would do the same. And I thank you, Father, that if they're giving her medication, they would look closely at that and adjust it as necessary. Father, I thank you, Father, that maybe she needs a step down from some others. She doesn't need as much as you, they've been giving her. So we just ask you to, to give the devil your, I mean, give the uh, people your wisdom. Give the doctors your wisdom, Lord to uh, make the right adjustments and that those would be made and that she would recover quickly we thank you lord that she's back on her feet today and we bless you we praise you for that in jesus name we pray against witchcraft we bless with the spirit of repentance those who curse us witchcraft we curse you we put to you to death you will not prosper jezebel we bind your hands you will not do your crafts pharaoh we bind you and your magicians Lord, I thank you. Contend with those who contend with us. We bind fear, superstition, mind control, mind occult spirits, Pharaoh, hypnosis, magic, enchantment, seduction, and drug culture powers. We break the power of divination. We break the power of sexual confusion. Thank you, Lord. You made us male and female from the beginning. We declare your redemption by your precious blood. We bind lust and mammon. The love of money is the root of all evil. We put confusion on you, devil, and divide your house. A house divided will never stand. We plead the blood of Jesus to demonstrate salvation, deliverance, love, redemption, restoration, worship, and the fear of the Lord. Father, we ask you release a demonstration of your power, and I'll do that of the devil. Where sin abounds, grace is much more abound, and we by mockery, blasphemy, confusion, rebellion will cut off witchcraft out of our hands and have no more soothsayers. We bind false prophecy and sorcery. Satan, we divide your house. We say, let the counsel of the wicked come to nothing. We curse the power of blood sacrifices. We plead the blood of Jesus which speaks better things. We resist the evil report of men 
and we cast down all evil imaginations of the heart in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for protection against persecution. We submit to you, resist the devil, and you must flee. Devil, We command you, devil, to flee from us seven ways. Vengeance belongs to you, O God. We resist retaliation against our accusers. We are serving you. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? You who sit in the heavens are laughing. God, behold their threatening. Stretch forth your hand to heal, O God. Do signs and wonders in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And we declare the way of the ungodly will perish. Let them fall by their own counsels. Lord, we thank you. Judge the people. Judge us, O Lord, according to our integrity that's in me. And let the mischief of all spiritual forces who persecute us return upon their own heads. Keep us as the apple of the eye and hide us under the shadow of your wings. Thank you for teaching our hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken in our arms. And we thank you that you have given us the necks of our enemies. We shut the mouths of the lions that roar their lies against us and cause the tongue of the wicked persecutors to cling to the roof of the mouth. Stop the pointing of the finger against your servant. Stop those who point the finger against us without a cause and who hate us. And, Lord, we know it's nothing for you to help. Help us, O Lord, our God. Save us according to your mercy. Let our hands prosper and prevail against our enemies. But the Lord is with us as a mighty, terrible one, and therefore our persecutors shall stumble. They shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, and they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten, according to the word of God. And we thank you, Lord, and we bless you, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen again. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. I say again, devil, I can't get her. She can't get me. And I can't get, and I don't have whatever else you're fighting. Thank you, Lord. Heart disease. Blood pressure. Diabetes symptoms. We command you to cease and desist in the name of Jesus. And we receive our healing in the full. In Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. Amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Heaven and earth records today that we are healed. Amen. That's where it's important. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen.